Welcome to the Sayers Show on Rock 106.9, where you've got not one but two opportunities to win your way out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. We'll give you your first keyword at eight, second one at nine. And obviously, we will start today's program by discussing the premiere of HBO's Hard Knocks. I actually added uh, HBO to my Hulu package just yesterday morning so I could make sure I could watch this. How much extra is that? $9. Okay, that's okay. HBO's worth it. Showtime was 15 For some reason, HBO's less money. Strange, because HBO, to me, is the premier station. You know what I mean? Like, that's the one. It feels like the bigger brand, but yet I enjoy more things on Showtime. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, But HBO does feel like the bigger brand. I cannot deny that. So I was a little shocked about that, too. As a matter of fact, they just raised the Showtime rate. They were like, hey, um, we got to raise the rate on this to keep in line with what, you know, what costs are. That was always, HBO was always the line between like where my family was financially and where my friends' families yeah. were financially. There was my friends who didn't have cable, and I was like, look at you poor souls and saps, and look at you. And then there were my friends who had HBO, and I was like, damn, you guys are balling over yeah, here. Yeah, Fraggle Rock, let me in. I want to watch it. I want to watch it. Um, I saw a lot of people really, really impressed with what they saw last night. I was li- I was paying attention to Twitter while watching it, and I don't know what the hell you were looking at. What the hell were you looking at? There was I, I-, I didn't see a single thing in there last night that made me go, yeah, we're all right. Not a one. Not a one. First of all, it's already started. Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley, they don't like one another. They don't like one another. And it's obvious that Todd Haley was brought here and told, just relax. You're the coach in waiting, bro. Just relax. And you can tell by the way the actions were in the room. Hugh Jackson is telling them, look, certain guys aren't going to practice. They're doing this veteran thing you're not going to practice, right? Off days and this and that. And Todd Haley makes the point. It's like, guys, you lost 16 games in a row last year. Like, dude, unless, dude, he's like, you got to get out there. We got to knock the rust off. And so, like, Hugh then, like, starts to say something, and Haley then interrupts him. This is the way it works. Head coach starts to speak. Everybody else, shut your mouth. And if Hugh doesn't have that kind of lockdown in his room, we're in problem. We got problems. If he can't get the offensive coordinator on that page, we got problems. And then, though, though, then after the whole thing, then then Todd Haley goes, I got to tell you, after everything I said, I still feel very optimistic about where we're at. Right. Nice, nice try on the recover, Haley. Nice try on the recover. Now, I know what the, I know what, what people are going to tell me. I'm overreacting. Okay. I don't think you can overreact on a team that went 0-16 and they look dysfunctional in the first episode of Hard Knocks. Now, a lot of people are going to talk to you about Jarvis Landry. Man, I'd run through a wall for Jarvis Landry. I'd run for a wall through him. For what? Because he got up there and told a group of overpaid idiots to get out there and practice? I I mean, I guess. I I didn't see anything. Now, I think, though, when they show Jarvis Landry on the field, now there you go. He was the brightest spot of the show for For me yesterday. So, like, I understand. He's your best athlete. I understand why people, you know, it wasn't, I don't think that was like a classic all time great motivational speech, but like, you know, he made, well, he made the point of like, guys, get out there and, and you have to do the work. And like, I'm glad somebody's saying that to the Browns. Another issue I have with this show is like, I saw people letting their, you know, letting their kids stay up late and watch it. I don't get it, I don't understand it. This show is filled with nothing but obscenities. And yet, if I was to use that language, you would flip out because your kids are in the car. 
and yet you will keep your kids up late at night so they can watch football players. And it's like, so I don't understand this. So a po- like a guy whose poster you will put on, you'll put a fat head of Jarvis Landry on your kid's wall. And you don't care about that. You don't care about what he says. He's not an influencer. But if I should happen to talk the way Jarvis Landry does, I'm the worst person ever. Stansbury Show fatheads. I like the idea. I don't get it. I, like I really, I really don't understand it. I really don't get it. Also, let's talk about this. Not a single thing in that episode made me more confident Josh Gordon's coming back. Not a single thing. Why? Because Hugh Jackson said, "Oh, I just got a text from Josh Gordon. He said I'll see you soon." When did Hugh Jackson's mom die? A month ago. That would be soon. That would be soon. Soon's within a month. Soon's within a month. Don't see him. And now you've got more problems in your wide receiver core, Browns. Now you got more problems. As a guy you traded up in the draft to get Antonio Callaway busted, 3 a.m., suspended license, and surprise, the cop found weed in the car. Oh, and now Antonio Callaway. Well, you know, I, I I don't know. My buddy shipped me the car. They were using it. I didn't know. The weed's not mine. Okay. Now, I will say this. That millionaires lead different lives than we do. Right? And so I could maybe see them as somebody using a car and be like, all right, dude, we got to send this up to Cleveland for Antonio. I could, dude, that's, I could see it. I could absolutely see that's how a car got here for Antonio Callaway. And I know, dude, their crews are always worse than them. I get it. That's why everybody, when you get in the NFL, tells you, cut ties with the crew. Yeah, cut ties with the crew, bro. You're in an NFL player now. You don't, you, you don't need Jamal from seventh grade, bro. You don't. You don't need him. Jamal's only going to get you in trouble. Get rid of Jamal. Not only that, Antonio Callaway, but you knew who your friends were. You know who your friends are. And they shipped you the car. You didn't look through the car to make sure you weren't going to have any problems? Now, I'm not going to rake the kid over the coals for being out at 3 a.m. I'm not. I know a lot of people are. I'm not going to. I get it. Nothing good happens after midnight. Okay? You've never been to a stripper after party if you're saying that. Plenty of good stuff happens after midnight. It might not be stuff you want your athletes involved in, but plenty of good things happen after midnight. You didn't search your own car? You didn't look through the car? You know who your friends are? You didn't get it detailed? You know oh, what I mean? Like, come on, dude. Good come on. Point. You just got this new car up, good and like, point. that's that's a day one thing you would do. Dude, Wakeham details cars for ninety bucks. Right, ninety dollars. <laughs> gotta say, come off the hundo and uh, you know get that done. Ninety dollars. I'm already being accused. What you didn't like episode one? Shocker. No, guys. I I've told you a thousand times. I will not just blindly drink Kool Aid. And I know you call, you saw Jarvis Landry. You, I don't care if your if, if your calf muscles off the bone. You practice and one hand catches and you think Super Bowl. You're insane. You guys are the same fan base that promised me six wins last year. Remember six and ten, Stansbury. You're a hater. Six and ten. And I told you. What did I say last year? You don't go from using six quarterbacks to winning six games. They're a disaster, and they're still a disaster. Now, can they maybe get it turned around this season? I think so. But you got to remember, I think turned around's four and twelve. I'm not one of these guys that thinks eight and eight. Well, that's why the Browns are in such a unique place right now. Because on one hand, you have very low expectations because it's like anything better than zero is great. Is is is, is step in the right direction. Right. On the other hand, they have very great expectations when you look at 
the fan base right now, the the excitement that exists within them, the reemergence of hope because people have bought back into it, dude. There's no doubt in my mind that people are excited about it. Oh, read the tweets. It started with LeBron leaving, so the entire sports hopes and dreams of this area are on or on the shoulders of the Cleveland Browns, especially if the Indians don't win a World Series, if they underdeliver this year in the playoffs, and the Browns are the only thing you have left. So they've got literally no expectations. You just have to win one game and you're better. But they also have like all the expectations in the world. This hard knocks thing. I mean, and that's the thing is you have you guys have to remember selective editing and like dramatic music can make anything seem like oh, dude, this is well, turning around. This is what's happening. What here. people forget all the time that happens in reality shows is they'll show you people saying things. After a scene, and those two things got nothing to do with one another, but they can edit it together to make it look like they do have something to do together. And so then, yeah, it builds all this hope up in there, and I'm not sure. I don't know. It's crazy. You got your best wide receiver not in camp. Nobody has any idea when he's coming back. We still don't have a hard date. And, oh, by the way, in episode one, they end up telling the offensive coordinator, hey, by the way, your biggest weapon won't be here two days from now. That's when Todd Haley was told. But it was a plan to send Josh Gordon away. It was was planned. But we didn't tell the offensive coordinator that his number one weapon wasn't going to be around. So either one of two things is true. Either A, it was not a plan to send Josh Gordon away, and they were forced into it last minute like I told you, or B, they think it's a good idea not to tell the offensive coordinator he's not going to have his number one weapon until two days before camp. Either, neither one of those things are good for you, the fan. Neither one of the, Tell me which one of those scenarios is good for you, the fan. The answer is neither. <laughs> good God. I, dude, I was, I was all excited. I took a three-hour nap in the afternoon. I couldn't wait. Oh, my God, we're going to look good. And then I thought to myself, as it was starting, no, they're not. (laughs) This show's been on TV 10 years. There hasn't been a team that's looked good on it yet. You've had, who's been on it? The Bengals, the Texans, the Jets, the Cowboys when they were dysfunctional. They never put a team on there that can win anything. Because all they want to show you is a train wreck. And I'm already annoyed with Jarvis Lynch. Bless him. Bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him. I know, bro. You saw Hard Knocks when you were 10 years old. Child, please. I know. I got it. How how, how, how long until we get a t-shirt, right? I mean, how is one of these Cleveland t-shirt companies? Where, where is oh, it? Oh, no. Jarvis is Landry, there? Okay. Jarvis oh, Landry okay. already has a GV artwork shirt. Okay. All right. Just wanted to make it's, sure. It's Cleve Landry. Get it? Because the land, Cleve Landry. And it's like, I get it. And if I'm the t-shirt <laughs> company, I'm making the shirt, too. The guy is yet to catch a pass for the Cleveland Browns. But, of course, he has to be your shining spot because, well, the, the wide receiver you traded up in the draft to get, probably not going to be able to play for a little while. And your best offensive weapon, nobody has any idea where he is or what time he's coming back. Oh, but those 30-second videos on Twitter of him pulling a sled. Woo-hoo. Can't wait till I see it. <laughs> Either A, it was not a planned exit, or B, they didn't think they should tell the offensive coordinator until they told him. Neither one of those things are good. Neither one of those things are are good, and they both have me worried. There has never been a team on Hard Knocks that has pulled that season out of the fire. But I'm sure the team that went 0-16 hasn't had a quarterback in 30 years and number one wide receiver somewhere in rehab is gonna find the land of milk and honey while being on HBO. I'm sure that's what's going to happen. Dear God. Oh my God.
right. You seeing stars right now? We gotta get to break, man. Your boy, my boy's dying over here. Problem is for you, the Stansberry Show audience. Not another thing to talk about today other than hard knocks. <laughs> That's the bad thing for you today. Win your way out to Vegas, eight o'clock on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show, Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. 8 o'clock, we'll send you out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Get your first keyword at 8, second one at 9. Continue it all damn day. Teresa has uh, your third opportunity at 11 o'clock this morning. Check her out. I've said this before, and I understand that it's like, you know, you know, people have a problem when I suggest ideas because they're like, well, you know, this is America. And it's like, you know, like I, I, I have the right to do stuff because I live here. And it's like, yeah, dude, I get it. Like, I do, I do understand that you have the right to do stuff. And it just reminds me of something my father used to say to me when I was growing up, which is, Daniel, being an adult is not about doing what you want. It's about doing what you should do. It's about doing what you're capable of doing. And it's about making sure that you don't put yourself in situations where the water's above your head. That you got to know what your limitations are. And I have not one but three different stories here of babies being born and mothers just throwing them off to the side. How about we we found a fetus? In an airplane bathroom. Jeez. Which I don't even know how that happens. How did we find a fetus in an airplane bathroom? How did that even happen? You're not supposed to fly that late into pregnancy. I, I think like after, I think in your third trimester, I I think it's like once you're past six months. So, Oh, is I, that right? I didn't know that. I'm going to assume. Yeah, you're definitely not supposed to be up there nine months, dude. But I'm going to assume that lady didn't know she was pregnant, right? Oh yeah, the cabin pressure that can't be good. No, that, that can't be good. No, All no, that no, stuff no. that can't be good. And what if you go into labor up there? You know what I mean? Ugh. Like they don't they don't want anything to do with dude, that. It's bad enough when the kids crying. Right. Like I can only imagine. Oh, Not Jesus, placenta coming out, yeah. dude. That's all bad, man. Oh. So I would assume that this was a. I didn't know I was pregnant. I thought I had to poop, and out came a baby. Can I be honest about the fact <laughs> that I don't understand that I didn't know I was pregnant? Ladies, there's a there's a I don't want to, there's an internal clock that tells you, like there's a whole system that goes on with you that tells you. To me, it seems very, I agree with you that like, how, what do you mean you didn't know? But it happens. I think there was like a TV show about it, right? I didn't know I was pregnant. Yeah, I know there was. And like, so. Yeah, it, there was on it, TLC or something. So it's not, I mean, it's not common, but it's not uncommon. Now, I had once dated a young woman who had children. Now, none of them were mine, but she had children. And. She had moved back in with her parents when she had her second baby. Or maybe her first baby. That doesn't matter. But anyway, she was a really petite woman. And she was eight months pregnant, and the people who lived in her house didn't know. She knew she was pregnant. Her mom and dad did not because she she didn't gain all that much weight. So, like, I could get how you could hide a pregnancy from somebody else. I don't understand how you could hide a pregnancy from yourself. I think, honestly, dude, if you don't know you're pregnant, I understand it's happened. I understand there's a TV show. But, dude, there's a, dude. there were hard knocks, and people tell me that's a football team. And it wasn't, right? It wasn't. Okay, right. So, it's like, dude, I know things can be put on TV. And okay. I know there's dumbass people out there. But that's what I'm saying. Okay. I don't think a reasonable person could not know they were pregnant. I, I have to assume obesity plays a part of this. You're already really big because, like you said, a woman who's petite size or even like you know average body size, like even her face, you should be able to. Talk. You're gonna notice something. I think you kind of would have to almost always start as like an obesity issue here. So this is this is 
you think sweatpants by necessity, not because, <laughs> well, I just woke up late. Like, this is, like, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Because you're right. There are fat people that do that, that look like they have an infant laying in front of sure. the sweatpants sure. already. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they already gave birth and they're just carrying around. Like, they got the manger in the front yeah. of the in front of the pants. Sweatpants by necessity there. Okay. Yeah. I uh, so it's, So that one I don't get. Now there's another one where, like, a woman had, like, it, it, she gave birth in a car and then left the baby in a trash bag. I mean, how depressing. This is what I'm always talking about, right? Like, I always say, like, I don't really need a vacation for when I do. I enjoy what I do. But sometimes, like, the amount of, like, negativity that I have to read just kind of, like, bums me out. And I just don't get it. And I do want to check some balance in the system before we just allow people to put pe- other people on the earth. There's 7 billion people here, guys. I understand that once upon a time, well, it's like, you know, it's my right. And it's my right. It's, I get it. I totally get it. But at some point, dude, we do, like, Ben's full. <laughs> Ben's full. Yeah, once upon a time, like the um, you know the, the 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 population was kind of like, well, the human race depends on that. Well, like we have we to keep drawing you. numbers up. Yeah. But we're kind of in the opposite world now, which is once again why I'm supporting sex robots. Where it's like people are like, oh my gosh, people will stop having kids, and I'm like, well, good man. Like there's too many of those things anyway. I like it. Um, but I get what you're saying, dude, and I do think there needs to be number one more information given to parents. Number two, more responsibility put on parents. But I don't know how we can respond responsibly put something in place where who is deciding who can and cannot have children okay (laughs) of course i think i want the paddle yes absolutely dude i want to thumb dude are you kidding me the stansbury roman coliseum i decide whether or not you have done enough to put another person on the earth Dude, the world gets better faster, okay. for sure. All right, that's the start of the... For sure. I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you that. Yeah, I, I think I make the world better. I No, here's... Honestly, you know what fixes it? I'll be honest with you. What fixes it is the thing that America will never do. It's the thing you will never do. And this is, this is another interesting insight as to who people are as parents. Where most of... You know what? Don't say that. A lot of them are falling down on the job. Okay. Let's, a lot of them are falling down on the job. So let me get this straight. We are, A, not allowed to have in-depth sex study classes in high school, but your kids come home from school and then binge watch 16 and Pregnant or My Teen Mom or whatever this stuff is. I was pregnant. I didn't know it. So they can watch the show about some hoe in Kentucky being pregnant, but they can't go to school and learn how not to get pregnant? America, dude, you guys are asking for all these troubles that you're in. You're begging for it. So, so you can't tell me, America, well, education's the silver bullet. Make college free for everybody. Education's the silver bullet. And then not educate somebody on the reproductive services of the human body. Do you feel like that's the same group? Do you feel like that's, you know... I feel lack of education leads to morons being pregnant. Yes, I do. I Like I said the other day to you, Fantone, and to the audience, do you think it's a... Do you think I... You think I made it 42 years without getting a woman pregnant the way I slept around on accident? You think you think I what I just got lucky? No. I took the proper precautions. I thought about how hard my life was going to be if I had children. And yeah, I get it. Condoms kind of suck, dude. You know, but it sucks way less than not having sex at all. And it sucks way less than picking up a kid every other month from some psycho's house that you met at Jersey's. Like, what the hell's the matter with you people? Are you kidding me? You didn't even want to kiss that woman when the sunlight was out. Now you got a baby with her? What the hell's the matter with you two? 
I don't understand it, dude. Get this education back in these schools and do pass out condoms in school. Like, dude, we got to rethink sex in this country. You have to. And I understand it's my American right to have a baby. I know it's my American right to bitch and complain about the fact that stupid people are out there having babies, putting them in garbage bags and throwing them away. Disgusting. I want you all off the planet. More Stansberry Show next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Harry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. I'm going to try... I, don't, I, dude, I should not start the show yelling. I should not do that. <laughs> it's nowhere else to go. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't do that. But again, it's just I see stuff, and you, you know what really makes me mad? I expected the Browns to look pretty bad on on Hard Knocks because, dude, they're in the. This is the sausage being made. Yeah. And, and dude, there's and and nobody should see the sausage get made. And you gotta understand, reality show producers, their job is to make people look bad, not to make you look good. You know how dumb you think your wife is, your girlfriend is, for watching the Kardashians, for watching The Bachelor. You're like, oh my god, this idiot. She's down there watching that stupid show again, and she what? Did she not recognize that they're just like selectively editing, and none of these people are really telling the truth, and, then there you and are. everyone's lying, and there you are, dude, watching Hard Knocks. I'm all in, baby. I'm they all left, in. They left Nick <laughs> Chuck at the airport to pick up his own bag, like you're screaming at the TV about stuff that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly. Right. Exactly right. You know what it is? It's not my ang- it's not my anger over the fact that they're not going to be any good. I know they're not going to be any good. It's the fact that dude Twitter tells me how great they're going to be. And it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe not. I think one of the central themes of this show is expectation setting happiness and no. where where you think people are going to be and where they're going to land and what they do. The difference there is what makes you happy or not. Do they live up to it or do they underdeliver? Give me four wins, I'm perfectly happy. And that's the thing, dude, is the Browns are just in such a weird place where where on one hand you get four wins and it's like, oh my god, but then you got four wins. Is that okay? Well, no. Dude, imagine being the Cleveland Indians. Imagine being them. Here you got, dude, everybody's talking about what? LeBron leaving to go into to right. LA, and now the Browns have been a dumpster fire for five years, but they got their own TV show. Indians just win games every night, and nobody cares. I think they're like 10 ahead in the division. You've yeah, got two legit right. MVP candidates. You've got two legit Cy Young candidates. The best manager in baseball. Six all-stars, dude, and none of us care. Nobody dude. cares. None of us care. <laughs> nobody cares. Jesus, dude. Yeah, you keep telling me how the NFL is the how that's the league that's in trouble. All right, we didn't get into this over the last few days, and we probably should have. This, I believe, uh, uh, was this Germany where this happened, where a couple of old dudes broke out of like <laughs> okay. a uh, like a retirement right, facility. They like they like hide. They like broke themselves out of like a retirement uh, facility, and they went to uh, Wacken, which is like it's Wacken Open Air Festival, right? Which is like. One of the biggest metal festivals on the face of the planet. As a matter of fact, my buddy Noah's band plays it. Um, and he says, he's like, dude, it's the best music festival you'll ever see. I have obviously been to some large concerts. I've been to some packed stadiums before. Um, but those kind of concerts, those European metal I'm shows. i of that. Oh, dude, every time I see it, I'm like, God, I want to go. Dude those, dude, those idiots can't even go to soccer games without ruining stuff, though, dude. <laughs> so, like, the last thing I need is Iron Maiden there. But, I mean, like, 100,000 plus. I mean, these are, oh, more, these are yeah. just, just huge, huge, huge events. Yeah. And, dude, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous of those shows, and they don't happen here. Uh, some people called the cops after finding the two helpless, disoriented, and intoxicated old men waiting for a bus <laughs> waiting for a, for a bus ride home what are, 
Three o'clock Saturday morning, these two dudes, I guess, let me get this straight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the one's 58, the one's 59. It's not exactly like they're crazy old. It's not like they were 80. But still, I mean, to bust yourself out of a facility so you could go check out some metal, that's kind of, well, metal. Why are we Why are we coming down on these guys? What did anybody have to get called for? I mean, did we not just say the other day, didn't we, were we just talking about this, where there's a study came out that said attending live concerts can expand, it can extend your life nine years. And they, they, they were obviously had their, you know, minds enough that they could go to this concert, knew they wanted to be there, purchased the ticket, or whether they snuck in or whatever, that still takes some sort of like mental capacity. And they got hammered and then they were going to take a bus home. It's not like we found them like in a field dead, you know, down in the dirt like these guys were doing what 59-year-olds can do, right? Dude, at 58, my mom couldn't get my dad to go to the movies, let alone go like crowd surf at Wacken. Like, imagine that. I know you and I both kind of feel a little bit old for who we are in lives, or young for who we are in lives and where we are. Like, you know, radio kind of has given us this fountain of youth. It does, yeah. Do you think there's going to be some point in your life where you're like, God, dude, I got to stop going to these concerts. I got to stop. I'm too old. You know what's crazy is that you look at other people your age and go, damn, that person's old. You don't belong here. And yet you don't view yourself that way at all. I'm cool. I'm it's here. Like, dude, my hair's grayer than that dude's, and yet I feel like he looks older than me. Will there? I don't know. I hope not. I mean, just because. Now, there are certain shows. Like, I used to go to Vans Warped Tour. Now, did I go to Vans Warped Tour this year? No, because I'm kind of past that. Will I always go see bands I really, really like? I hope I do. Yeah, certain tours you grow out of. Like, Vans is a younger person, a younger person's yeah, it's tour. Yeah, what's for? It, it, it is. What's for? So, yeah, I definitely outgrew that. And I, I guess there is a little bit of when do you become like, look at that cool old dude over there. There's a, there's a okay, you belong here, and then a, a, a gap of like, mm, I don't know if I should be here, and then you get to a certain age, and everyone's like, yeah, old dude. When I can't figure out concert attire, okay, like when I legitimately think khakis is like concert attire, <laughs> it's probably done. Yeah. It's probably done. But, I mean, I'm going to Jason Aldean later this month, but there will be a lot of people my age at that one. I don't think it'll be that... Hey, if- 60s probably the point where it's like for for contemporary music for music that's modern 60s probably that's probably when it's like eh, mid 50s to 60 but then by the time dude if you're if you're 70 and you're at a concert people are like hell yeah bro there it is that's true there's a window where it's like well, get out of here dad and then like if you wait another 15 years it's like dude grandpa's crowd surfing <laughs> look dude grandpa's punk punk rock that's kind of awesome yeah, you're right about that. There is that weird window where it's like for 10 years you're not allowed to go out of your house because everybody thinks you're too old for stuff. And then you, you hit the ripe age and then it's like, yeah, get him back out there. We need to, we need to point and laugh. I need a selfie with Gramps. <laughs> More Stays Ray Show right around the corner. We'll get you hooked up with that trip out to Vegas at 8 o'clock on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys, fans, home from the Sandsbury Show here. Honor Fighting Championship, bringing MMA action back to the flats. That's right. It is Honor Fighting Championship 6. It is fight night at Nautica and all goes down August 18th up in Cleveland. Now, listen, tickets are already moving fast. I don't want you to get shut out, so go get yours at honorfightingchampionship.com. The lineup is already stacked, and it includes friend of the Sandsbury Show, uh, the vanilla gorilla Nick Brashear. He'll be making his MMA pro debut at fight night. You don't want to get shut out on this, dude. Tickets still available, uh, including VIP packages. Get yours at honorfightingchampionship.com. Show, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9.
online for you at WRQK.com. We'll obviously get into Hard Knocks, the reality show throughout the program. Not right here, though. Uh, also, more reality show drama headed your way on the Stansbury Show, actually, at 9 o'clock, as one of the Kardashian sisters Uh-oh. is breaking ranks. One of them's breaking ranks. That was interesting. For a guy who doesn't care about them, doesn't care about their show, when I read that, I was like, ooh, that'll be interesting. So we'll get into that coming up at 9 o'clock. Also at 8 o'clock, we'll send you out to Las Vegas 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. We are going to continue with the NFL right now, though, but for a different reason, outside of Hard Knocks. Um, And that's because everybody tells me this league's in trouble. Well, you know, Sansbury, the NFL's in trouble. And I maintain, I don't really think so, so much. Now, they're going to have a few issues this year, but the helmet rule is going to be really weird. What, Like how guys can tackle. They're obviously trying to give you people more offense. They figured out that's what you like. So give them more offense, right? And I'm for that. It's basically an arena football game league. You know, That's basically what it is now is arena football. And I'm okay with it because I like scoring. I think the NFL has to really find a balance because, yes, scoring, touchdowns, very, very important. We do want to see that, but we also want to see big hits. And that's a real draw of football. I just like, I agree with you. It is. You can't make NASCAR too safe. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't go too safe because you lose a little bit of what people are doing there. So, like, the NFL, you got to find a balance. Now, they're, you know, they've re-examined the catch rule, and they flipped that one. That went from, um, you know, that rule used to work against receivers. Now it will work for you. You're going to see a lot more receptions this year, probably more touchdowns. Now, that may help. But the other thing been plaguing the NFL has been this, this anthem issue. This is, what, the third season we're going into in here now. Okay, it's over now. The man has spoken. Not Roger Goodell. Not Donald Trump. The first man of football has spoken. What I kept hearing all the while, while NFL players were like, what, we should be able to do this, what, look at Jim Brown, 60s, civil rights activists. Right. Jim Brown, the first man of football. The most respected man in football. When Jim Brown walks into a room, other Hall of Famers stand up and go, oh my God, that's Jim Brown. That's the power of Jim Brown. He's come out and said, I would never kneel during the National Anthem. I would never do that. Time to get off of your knees, fellas. Time to get off them knees, fellas. The man in football has come out and said it. Says, I would stand during the Star Spangled Banner. I'll never kneel, and I will always respect the flag, said, uh, said Jim Brown. He was asked how he would resolve the anthem issue. He says, well, if you take the bottom line, what we are talking about, what we're talking about is freedom to express oneself. And if you don't break any rules, then you have that particular right, he said. But I'm not going to denigrate my flag. And I'm going to stand for the national anthem. I'm fighting with all my strength to make it a better country. But I don't think that's the issue. Because what is the top side? Are you not going to stand up? This is our country, man. Yeah, that's the right mentality. And that's why Jim Brown is one of the most respected Hall of Famers there is. He's on the right side of this. I know people now, now, now that, now that I want to highlight, he's right about this. Now people are going to want to bring up the women beating issue. I know. What do I say? Evil lurks in the heart of all men that no man is perfect. And then that's what that honestly, that the social media pressure and standard to be perfect is ludicrous. It's what I've been saying since the beginning that none of us will ever live up to it, including the greats like Jim Brown. But he's told you now. This is a this is a guy who ended his NFL career early 
decide, pulled up early because he wanted to further these types of causes and he wanted to put all of his effort behind it. And he's told you now, get off your goddamn knees and stand up for the national anthem. Guys, it's time to stop being petulant children and stand the hell up. When was the last time somebody kneeled? Last season. I know it wasn't. We, we haven't had a regular season game yet. I'm, I was just saying it didn't happen in the Super Bowl. Did it happen in the playoffs? I can't remember. I don't remember it what It did that. happen during the playoff run. I remember because you and I discussed it. I don't think it happened in the Super Bowl. And I remember saying during the Super Bowl, of course not. Because these players are happy to be at the Super Bowl. And so they're like, dude, this is the championship game. I'm happy to be here. I'm doing this. But in week 11, when you don't care, it's okay to do it. I, I, I wonder when... I can't remember if it was divisional championship games. I, I I just I wonder what that difference is. Why recently, as as the Super Bowl as as this preseason has started, I, there seems to be some sort of a shift, and it isn't an enforced shift. Well, I wonder what's happening there. Well, the NFL reached out and said, "Look, we're going to start donating some of this money to some of these causes. You guys want to get it? Let's partner up. Let's do this. Let's do what we should do, which is funnel the money where it should go. Because money's the only thing that fixes anything." So let's funnel the money where it needs to go. Kneeling down doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything. If it causes the NFL to start donating that money, didn't it do that? Because the NFL wasn't just going to do that, right? Well, no, the NFL already had programs in place. They just they just agreed to pay more money into them. The, the, dude, the NFL had already had programs in place. That was part of everybody's opposite. People who were pissed about the anthem protest were saying, dude, the NFL's already doing this. They're already on this. But when the first man of football tells you it's over, guys, it's over. No more now. Well, Jim Brown, I mean, you tell us to keep, you know, you know, just stick to sports, but look what Jim Brown did. Yeah, now Jim Brown has spoke up and told you, get off your goddamn knees. Stand up for the national anthem. And you should. And you should. The country's not perfect. No. It's never going to be perfect, but it's better than most places. And it's also the country that awarded you a $24 million a year contract. You want to talk about unfair? You want to talk about equality, bro? You want to talk about equality? There's dudes out there digging ditches 16 hours a day making $8 an hour. You want to talk to me about equality? Let's figure that part out. More Stansberry Show next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 8 o'clock, we'll send you out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. A slew of artists on that, and we'll send you, get you out of Ohio for a few days, put you up in a hotel in Vegas. Nice. It's good stuff. Miss Las Vegas. I want to go back. A lot of you are going to want to go back to New York when you hear this. Um, but this to me is weakness. Spread out as kindness. This is weakness sold to you as kindness. And a lot of people will tell you, you know, never mistake kindness for weakness. You know, and there's probably good logic in that too, but this is weakness being sold to you as kindness. Now, New York law, uh, New York lawmakers have approved a bill that would give employees in New York State three months paid bereavement to mourn the loss of a loved one, including up to your grandparents. If you can't lose a grandparent and not be back at work in three days, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not sure you can, then I'm not sure you can work here. Now, I might have that kind of mentality because of the kind of business I work in, 
We're expected to work no matter what is going on in our lives. We are expected to check our lives at the door and just kind of be like, all right, we got to go in there. We got to get this job done. Much like an athlete is. Remember when LeBron's son was born? He played and then flew out that night to the hospital. But he played. He was on the court because that's what, that's what, that's what people do. That's what professionals do. Right? That's what we do. The day I was born, my dad worked and then went to the hospital later. That's what happened. It's what was expected out of a man in the 70s was to be a man. That was what the ex- expectation was. Be a man. Do what a man does. Now, we don't really do that anymore. But I'm sorry, if you need three months off because somebody died in your life, I get that it's sad. But if you need three months off, I worry about the fact that you're not stable enough to have worked here anyway. Three months is excessive. That's like, I get where like the, 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 the core of this conversation comes from. <clears throat> I, I understand that. But three months, that's, dude, that's a lot I'm of I'm not time. saying no time off. Yeah, I, I, don't misconstrue what I'm saying here. Take a couple of days. But I told this story last week. I was at work on a Friday night. Three Doors Down was playing the Agora, and I was working for the radio station. I had just finished the live broadcast. We had just finished the interviews. My mom called and said, Dan, you need to get to the Cleveland Clinic. Your dad has just died. Left the Agora, went down there, was with my family. The next day was Saturday. By Saturday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, my ass was in the radio studio as it was scheduled to be. Because that's where I needed to be. Because that's what grown-ups do. The service wasn't on Saturday. The funeral wasn't on Saturday. There's nothing I could do. What am I going to do? Sit around the house and watch people tell me how sorry they are for me? No, I'll be at work. Being an adult, getting things done. Three months off for somebody dying? I'm sorry, dude. I think you're soft. I do. I think you're soft. I definitely think that there has to be like context on this because you're right, dude. Three months off for your grandparents dying. Now, like, I'm sorry, but that is a lot. Now, I, dude, I stand here 34 years old with all four of my grandparents still alive, so I guess I can't necessarily be like, well, here's what I did. But, like, dude, that, that, that's so much time. That's a quarter of a year, dude. That's an entire quarter. I mean, a, a lot of businesses break up the year into those financial quarters of, like, okay, we've got the first, second, third, fourth. Here's our goals. Here's what we want to do. You're taking an entire quarter of the year off. That's I, I can't. I cannot fault a business owner being upset about that. Now, here's where the problem's going to come, or at least my problem will come, is because what's going to happen now is that the audience is going to spend their time on Twitter, on on like Google, finding me therapists who tell me that it takes forever for the brain to heal after a tragedy. I get it. Yeah, I get it with your coddled ass. But this, two people have been dying since the beginning of the country, and people stepped up. Put the tie on, got in the got got in the car, and went to the office. You can too. And I think there's probably some sort of yeah, you do. You need to process a loss like that. You need to mourn it. But a week, un, unlimited time isn't the answer no. to that. I mean, no, it, unlimited time is honestly what that's going to do is give you more time to sulk in your sadness and actually take you more time to get over it. It'll be interesting to see how this applies to small businesses, but also large corporations, because like you start talking about fast food companies or retail giants or or anything like that. You literally there's no way you let's say you have uh, 200 employees that work at your store constantly. Somebody is going to have somebody die. I mean, it's death, dude. It's inevitable. Let's take Canton. I'm willing to bet Canton that a major retailer here. That at any given day on staff. 
two people, at least two people, have had a death in the family that month. Within the last, within the last three, for sure. That's not even debatable. Oh, three months. Yeah, I think it's well, the number would be way higher than two. So, so with that, so it, now you got ten people out of work. I mean, and 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 the overlap of that. So, okay, your grandpa died, and you get January through March off. My grandpa dies in January. I get, you know what I'm saying? I get that February through April. Do people that you're gonna go in there? And nobody's gonna be working. I so so so. Yeah, this is what I want to know. This is what I love about America. So these companies should just pay you $20 an hour even though you're a terrible employee who wastes all your time at work on Facebook and everything else. But they should just give you $20 an hour. And now on top of that, now anytime something happens in your life, you should get three months away from work. What does the company get? What does your employee get? They get a half-ass employee that doesn't want to do anything, and then they get nothing. What did they get? Why are you getting all of this stuff? Why are you Why are you demanding all of these things when what your contribution to said company is is very little? Yeah, from both perspectives, dude, whether you are a small business owner, I, I, then obviously one person makes such a difference. But once you start throwing those numbers in there, it's just there's no way you could have a functioning op- operations. It's just it'd be impossible. So it seems to be that most respondents so far on social media platforms responding to this conversation we're having are saying that three months is too much. Um, a guy says, look, I, I think the only acceptable one would be, maybe be a spouse but he says, I think three months is still excessive. Three weeks, maybe. Yeah, get, get me closer to a month for a spouse. And I, oh, again, I, I let me clear a couple of things up here. I think it would matter if I was the business owner. It would necessary. The circumstances w- sure. w- would would depict how I felt about it. Like if you came home and your wife had hung herself in the living room and your kids like found your wife hanging in the living room. Could need some time. All right, yeah, you know what, dude? <laughs> dude, need some time. Like, dude, get that figured out, right? Like, get that figured out. Not, but it's. I'm sorry, dude. Like, people die. Like, they die, and it's not yeah. your boss's responsibility to just let you. And I, I said this the other day. If you can be gone from the office for three months, then are you worth the money you want? <laughs> no, the answer is no, guys. If I left the radio studio for three months, the ratings of this radio station go down. Make no mistake, they go down. That's what makes me valuable to Rock 106.9. If I could be gone from three months and there wouldn't be a notice, then why the hell would they ever pay me? I, I think that, you know, if your spouse dies, if your kid dies, even even if your family, you know, your grandparents die. or, or what, kid even dying. Your parents, kid dying is different. I mean, but once again, this is up to the discretion of the business owner. And I guess maybe maybe that's where there should be some regulation to make this a blanket statement of like, hey, all these things are equal. It, it, it can't be. But like, how much of this do you think is like a kid dying is different when you're like, OK, so let's because that here's what makes a kid. I'm sorry to cut yeah. you off, but here's what makes a kid dying different is that it's unnatural. You're supposed to bury your grandparents. You're supposed to bury your parents. Nobody's supposed to bury their kid. How long is that supposed to go then? Now, again, my family's different. We were raised different. And we have a little bit of a different mentality. My brother and his wife were both back at work pretty soon. But because they both said, if I don't, all I'm going to do is focus on this and my misery. That there's there's a little bit of getting back to my daily life will help me cope with what I'm trying to cope with. Now it wasn't the next day after Isabel died, but they I mean there was a little bit of time, but then they went in and then just got back into their life. So I want to earn back some of the people I feel like I've lost telling you that you're soft and that you need three months off after somebody dies. Let's do this. I would say this. That even I think this is long and I, this is more time than I would need. But if somebody said, in this country, we need to revolutionize how we look at this, 
and a month is about right. I just think it's long. I do. I, I do. If I like, if Fantone said came in to work tomorrow and said to me, "Dude, my grandmother died, and I'm going to need a month," I'm just shooting you straight. I'm going into my boss's office and going, "Dude, we need to take this next month and let's go find somebody else." Like, we, we need, like, do we? We got to move this thing forward. There's too much. There's too much banking on this. There's millions of dollars banking on this. I get that it's sad. I get that it's a problem. But we do. We we got to look down the field. We got to move forward. It's like these people who wanted to take two weeks off when their dog dies. It's like, bro, that's an animal. I'm a dog person, but step your game up. How much of this isn't so much about mourning? I mean, and like, don't get me wrong. I know part of it is the sadness and the depression and the laying at home in bed just wallowing. Um, but a lot of times when people die, there's a lot of affairs that need to get tied up. Like you have to clean out grandma's house and you have to put, get the financial books in order and you have to do all of that. Should that be factored in of like, okay, well, like... Having been through multiple deaths in my family, you can tie up every single affair inside of seven days. There is no affair that cannot be tied up inside of seven days. Now, it's going to cost you some money, but death costs money. I guess at that point, if we're giving them a week, it's going to be like... Well, I'm still trying to process the loss. I can't necessarily go because there and start I had cleaning. to deal with this. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, in, uh, there is a little bit of like, well, that's not my responsibility, dude. I don't care what happens to your grandma's house. Uh, who cares? I, I mean, right? I mean, right? That's not the, about base. Th- there's, there's, there's been this shift in expectation that your company should care about you on this humanistic level, and I don't understand why you think that that should be the case, America. I really don't. I, I, I that's not my expectation out of iHeartMedia. My expectation is for them not to care about me as a person. I expect them to only care about me for what I can supply to them because that's the world I live in. And expecting the world to shift for me, I think is crazy. But if somebody said, look, I need two weeks to get this figured out, I don't think two, because two weeks is a vacation. So like if so if if that's a, if you can be away from that for a vacation and again I think that's a long time to be away from work consecutively. Yeah. But if you can do that for a vacation then that's probably not crazy for a death. But dude, I mean how many places of employment don't want you calling off when you're sick? Like you're handling food and they still want you out there waiting tables or whatever and now they're just going to be okay. They're just going to be like, "Yeah, go ahead and take 3 months off, dude." And that's delusional. And when this when this goes into effect, dude, there are going to be negative negative repercussions for every Everyone involved here in New York. Rob lost his son in service. Um, uh, his son died serving this country. Right. And he said, I needed two weeks for my son's sudden death. And after that, at some point, you need to face the new normal. And I would agree. I and Now, again, I am just a pull yourself up by your bootstraps, get to work, kind of, and, and I'm too much so. Like, I have probably negatively affected my life like that. So there's a, there, there's, there's, there's a happy middle ground there. But I do agree that the more time you're given just to just to sit there and delve into your depression, I think the brain's going to take over, dude. And you're not you're not a physician. You're, you're, you're not a head doctor. You don't know how to work yourself through those things. And so if you're just sitting around in your pajamas eating nacho dip and like watching Jerry Springer, that's not mourning. Maybe getting a doctor involved, some sort of psychiatrist. And it's like, hey, based on the circumstances here, maybe this person does need more time than the average person. Not fine a bad idea. I'm, a absolutely, bad idea. I'm absolutely fine with that. But you cannot self-diagnose yourself. You can't do that. More Stansbury Show right around the corner. You guys, hang on. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come. 
Yo, guys, fans, I'm from the Sandsbury Show here. Honor Fighting Championship, bringing MMA action back to the flats. That's right. It is Honor Fighting Championship 6. It is fight night at Nautica and all goes down August 18th up in Cleveland. Now, listen, tickets are already moving fast. I don't want you to get shut out. So go get yours at honorfightingchampionship.com. The lineup is already stacked and it includes friend of the Sandsbury Show, uh, the vanilla gorilla Nick Brashear. He'll be making his MMA pro debut at fight night. You don't want to get shut out on this, dude. Tickets still available, uh, including VIP packages. Get yours at honorfightingchampionship.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. About 14 minutes away from getting you hooked up with that trip out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. So nice. Get you out of Ohio for a little while, put you up in a nice suite in Vegas, send you to back-to-back nights of awesome shows. We'll get you in at 8 o'clock. Jealous. You've never been to the Las Vegas. Never been to Vegas. That is crazy. I know. I, I dude. I, I it, there's a bit of me. It's like, dude, wh- what do you mean? Like, I don't I had... understand this because you worked in California, mm-hmm. and even Southern California, where Vegas is like five hours in the car. What the hell were you thinking at this point? And it's like, I'm 34, dude. Like, what do you mean? In my 20s, nobody. I mean, it was never like, hey, let's go do this. Let's go make this happen. But no, it just didn't. It never happened. Has your girlfriend been? Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, because if she's never been, maybe what you guys should just do is make it a vacation. Because people get the misconception of Vegas that all it is is gambling, and that's crazy. There's no. so much to do in Las Vegas. It's crazy. I mean, like, drinking out on the streets is always a good time to me. I'll go somewhere to do that. Yeah. And, I mean, like, the food and the shows and the everything. And, like, no, man. It's, 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 I feel almost like I've neglected a part of my life, especially part of my younger life, where it's like, dude, no, go out there and party your ass off. I don't know, man. I've never been. It's one of those cities. I got a list of cities I believe everybody should see. Um, I think Los Angeles is one of those cities. New York is that city. Las Vegas is one of those cities. Washington, D.C. is one of those cities. And New Orleans. I think you got to... Dude, every American should see those five cities. Say Canton, too. (laughs) They'll be like, yeah, Canton. I've been there before. Well, they're stuck here. (laughs) I think you should go there. What about Maslin? Yeah, gotta gotta go see Maslin, guys. A buddy of mine sent me this. My buddy Mark Martini just sent me this. Um, and as summer's getting ready to wind down here, pretty much in the last month of it, I re- this article he sent me, if it's accurate, says that 37 babies a year die in hot cars. And I've asked this question a thousand times. I don't know how this happens. But again, I'm not a parent. I haven't been exhausted the way a parent. A lot of parents tell me, oh, Sandsbury, you don't understand. Now, I've asked a guy who works on the hallway, Captain Tony McGinty, um, an ornery son of a bitch, <laughs> right? But he's got two kids. And I said to him, I was like, dude, how likely is this going to happen to you and your wife? I said, you know, g- give me a percentage. And he was like, Stansbury, there is 0% chance that I would ever forget my kid in the car. Which just goes to show me, it's like, mm. is it Now, am I to believe him or is he maybe a little misguided? I bet you if you ask all 37 sets of those parents they that same said question, that before. they would have said 0% chance something like this Could I happens. not make the argument that I think and I would know Tony and his wife to be better parents than a lot of those people at the onset? By no stretch am I trying to put that on Tony McGinty. We love that guy. I think that... I think that most times in this, now don't get me wrong, you're going to be able to point to ones where it's like, no, this parent maliciously left their child in the car so they would kill him or whatever. But I genuinely think most times in this, it is an accident. And an accident that happens for whatever reason, I don't know, but I don't think that a vast majority of these parents are... uh, 
obviously there's neglect here, but like on a on a on a regular sense, I'm sure they were t- worried about the safety of their child. I'm sure they were taking care of their child. I'm sure they were quote unquote decent parents. I don't have anything in my life that's as important to me as a as your child would be to you. Okay, right. so I, I just I just want everybody to understand that I understand that right, but I and if I'm gonna look to meet you halfway at all, I mean. The amount of times I have to like walk out of my house, go to my car, and then be like, damn it, and then go back into my apartment because I forgot this, and then you go back out, damn it, I forgot the cord, and then go back in. It's like three, four times, right? Now, that some people might say that might be part of like some of my habits that lead into that, and I think maybe that that's probably true, but I do understand that forgetting things can happen. I've driven all the way to work and forgotten my cell phone. Now, again, I'm not trying to relate that my cell phone's as important to me as your kid is to you, and it better not be, otherwise both of our priorities are out of You know what I mean? But I don't see myself leaving a kid in a car. Now, this has become such a problem, Phantom, that multiple car manufacturers are now putting warnings in cars. Like, instead of, like, not, well, not instead of, but, like, you know how your seatbelt's got a light on, right. this and that? Your car's now going to remind you. Check and make sure all the passengers are out of the car. Well, and as we move forward with technology in cars... I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with there being like, hey, new car manufacturers having some sort of, of system there. I, well, I don't, I don't have a major issue with that. My fix would be is pressure on seat. Like, in the center con- or on your dashboard of your car, if, if a door is open on your car, there's a red door open on, on the car. Door jar, yeah. And, and, in the center. So why not do the same thing of all seats in the car and any place where something's sitting on it, it is highlighted the same way. And therefore, pressure on the car, so then it tells me, oh my God, that's right, my kid's still in the car. Yeah, I mean, would groceries set that off? Sure, but like then you would remember your groceries, But I, I wouldn't guess. forget the ice cream in the backseat of my car either. And how long, when you forget your phone in your car or whatever, how long is that? 15 minutes before you're like, oh damn, dude, I don't have my phone. Not long enough for the heat sensor to go off on my phone telling me I can't use it. Right. So there is a little bit of like, anywhere I am, there's three things that I'm always kind of like, wait, do I have that? Keys, wallet, phone. Like, those are my three things where it's like, before I walk out the door, and and today, my wallet's out in my car. And as soon as I came in here, I'm like, wait a second, what's missing out of this equation? Oh, my wallet's out in the car. I know it's in the center council because I used it this morning. So it's like, okay. But like... Somewhere along the line, okay, you get out of the the parking lot. You get out of the car. You got six things in your hand. You walk into the house. You don't at some point think like, wait a second, where's that kid? Well, the reason why I brought this article up is that the the other solution that people are suggesting that you do so you don't forget your kid in the car, I it sounds crazy and like a little, uh, you know, overkillish to start. But I mean, if it prevents thirty seven kids from dying, they say what you should do is buckle your kid into the car seat in the back seat of the car. Take your left shoe off and set it next to the car seat in the back seat. That way, when you get out of the car, you're like, where's my shoe? Oh, yeah, that's right. Like it's kid. next to my kid. Now, is it depressing that you know that you would notice your, that you only have one shoe on before you would notice whether or not you left your kid someplace? Yeah, that would be depressing. But whatever it takes for 37 kids not to boil to death in cars, I think I'm all right with. Your opportunity to head to Las Vegas, get you out of town for a couple of days, put you up in a nice suite, send you to back-to-back nights of killer shows for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. This report is brought to you by Taco Bell. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also about to send you out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. We'll do that here momentarily. Before we get there... um, 
And you think we talk hard knocks right now, but we're not. We're actually going to hold that off one more segment. Okay. But we are going to talk sports right here. And again, I'm not going to yell, but dude, fan bases, you people are out of your minds. So I saw this yesterday, and it's exactly what I expected it to be, which is why I wasn't upset at it, is because I expected that this is what they would do. But they released the logo for the 2019 All-Star Game. And grown men lost their minds. True story. Got $100 for anybody that could create a Cleveland logo, not you the guitar. Why? Why would you not highlight the regional thing? Would you want it to be a pierogi? What's <laughs> <laughs> the matter with you? A put, make it a punch key. <laughs> Polox, what does the matter with you? Just, it's going to be a guitar. It's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, did you not think that they were going to use something regional that kind of sells where it is and sells that whole thing? Now, the reason why you think that the Rock Hall logo or the, the, that a guitar, the reason why you roll your eyes at that is because you live in the town where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. Or you live in the area where it is. And so you go, oh, yeah, yeah, that thing. But to people who aren't from here, that building is special. They only get to see it like once in their lifetime. Because let's be honest, you ain't coming back. Once in a lifetime experience. Right not because there. of the Rock Hall. I'm saying, dude, once you come to Ohio once, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I went to the All-Star game. Get me the hell back out of here. Then you're done. You're done. But why would you not think this this was going to be a guitar? I don't understand people's like being upset about this. What I don't understand is, regardless whether it was a guitar, a drum set, or a pierogi or whatever the hell it is, why a pierogi would have been awesome. Why are we upset about this? Do you remember what last year's logo looked like? Hell no, you don't. Do I you do remember not. the year before that? Of course not, because it is one of the most inconsequential things on the face of the planet. Okay. Literally, nobody cares what the All Star logo looks like. You and I agree. What the nays, what the people who are upset are going to say is, is that I don't care what other teams do. It's that I care what our team does because then we look dumb. Well, first of all, you don't play, right? <laughs> so, like, and if you think Francisco Lindor cares what the All Star logo is, you're crazy. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think any, I don't think any free agents are making their decision based on like, oh, dude, I don't know. Did the you see what logo, they did with dude, the All Star last year? Pretty bad. I mean, dude, for all the logo problems the Indians got, right. I'm not sure the All Star logo is the one to be worried about, guys. Do you remember what the one looked like from uh, 1997 or eight when the last time it was here? Of course you do not. Of course you don't. But luckily, was it a guitar? <laughs> luckily, I went back and I've done some research on the past All Star logos here. Okay. Um, last year it was in Miami. And they kind of used the Miami color, but it was just like the MLB logo, all-star game, and like that standard font that baseball uses. And it was just kind of like there was a star instead of the A. I look back the year before, it was in Washington, and they incorporated the Capitol building, which is like, okay, that's about where you should be, is doing like the basic MLB logo, and then here's a little something that's regional to it, where it's a little bit like, hey, this is this is where we're going to be at. Why? 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 What? 
what else what else would it be? What else would Cleveland have? What else is the 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 crowning accomplishment? And honestly, dude, the whole rock and roll Hall of Fame thing, dude, what are the what are the major relevant rock bands out of out of Cleveland? There's some, but there's plenty of towns with more rock credibility than this town. So like the Well, fa- I mean that's all about where because it was said here yeah, first. Yeah, but I mean like okay, that's a pretty flimsy argument in my in my opinion. Oh, there. I mean like off the top of my head, I'll give you towns who who deserve the rock hall more. San Francisco for sure. Los Angeles for sure. Yep. Chicago, Detroit, New York, Seattle, all those places. Seattle, all much better, all much better music scenes. All much better music. Now scenes. the reason why, and our company owns this radio station, but radio stations don't matter like this on that level anymore. But one of the reasons why is because of WMMS. I hate to say that as a guy who used to work there and now works here, but that station did break Springsteen. They broke Fleetwood Mac. They broke Rush. That's a fact. Without that radio station pushing those bands, they would have never been what they are. So there's a little bit of that. As some of the biggest acts in the history got broken out of the area because of, you know, Matt the Cat. And like, a, I don't know, that wasn't Matt the Cat, but I, I, I forget the guy's name. But, um, you know, I mean, like uh, that kind of thing. That's what led to that nationwide. Very flimsy argument. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Y- you know what I mean? Okay, like, fair. It, it, yes. Big picture. That's a fair big point. Big picture in the sense. So, yeah. t- so take that guitar away. And what are you left with? What is on that logo? What do you have? I would just be happy about the fact that you live in a town that everybody laughs at, and yet you still have something you could put on a logo, and everybody knows why you're doing it. Why did the Indians get this All Star game? We didn't build a new stadium. There's no new like what? Well, what the, was the what was what was the incentive here? Don't quote me, but aren't all teams? I don't know. Isn't that one of those things where it's like eventually it's your turn? Now I said Rob Manford flew here, and I said you watch right. It came out that they that oh yeah yeah the Indians are up for you know contention of the All Star game. What did I say? Watch now as they're going to tell you that kiss the logo goodbye. And that was the trade. Give us the, the logo and get the all-star game. And people told me, oh, you're crazy. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. And then sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And I remember telling you that Rob, you think Rob Manford was going to put gas in the private plane to fly here to lose a conversation with the Cleveland Indians? If you're the Major League Baseball commissioner, you can't lose a conversation with the Indians. You can go to the Yankees. You can go to the Red Sox and lose. You can't come to Cleveland and lose. Like, of course he was going to win that conversation. But of course the logo's a guitar. What else would it be? Who cares? Who cares? If that's what got you worked up yesterday, of all the things in life, I'm just such a busy person. I have so much going on. I'm only leaving my kids in the goddamn car. But and- which Motley Crue member am I? Right, and I'm mad yourself. about the guitar logo. Absolutely ridiculous. We will wrap up Hard Knocks one more time for you after sending you to Vegas right now. Rock 106.9 has your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Festival. Now, time. Yo, guys, Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the Rollholt Vision Institute. It still happens to me all the time, dude. I wake up in the morning, I reach for my glasses, and all of a sudden I remember, dude, you do not need those. I got 20-20 vision thanks to the LASIK surgery I had done at Rollholt. And I'm telling you, your summertime is going to be so much easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. So if you've been thinking about LASIK surgery, I know you have some questions, which is why the Rollholt Vision Institute is made everything perfectly clear for you at their website. That is RollholtVision.com. 106.9. Dear God, welcome back to the Stansberry <laughs> Show. No, dude, dude, dear God. What you got? Dude, this guy's like all upset with us. He wants us to take charge of the Hall of Fame <laughs> concert. Okay. Well, we did it the first year and they sold it out. They had Aerosmith the first year. We were a part of it. Had a Stansberry Show section in the stands. It was great. We had a good time. I don't know why we haven't been doing more of that. But he's like, he, he's mad at me 
for some reason because Lee Bryce opened up for Maroon 5. He's like, why do we have to add country into anything? He's like, why couldn't they have just got Matt Corey Band or the winner of the Battle of the... Guys, do, do, you think a winner of the Battle of the Bands is better? Dude, you know what? Uh, no, no, no. I can't even do it. I can't. I know, dude, I can't do it. Thanks for listening, bro. And that's where I got to end it. Otherwise, you're never going to listen ever again. But Matt Corey or the, the Battle of the Band winner over Lee Bryce? Holy crap. Rip, I can't see. It's not New Turn Tuesday, dog. We got, dude, we got to put some star power up there, bro. Volstein can't go You're up got, there. No, dude, he wants to come on the show, and he, he, like, he wants 10 minutes, so like, he has to like air it out why he's right. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, well, I don't want to suppress his First uh, Amendment there, so maybe we should. Give him the platform. Oh, my God. Come in here and kneel. Tell me, <laughs> tell me how bad the rock music is. Kneel <laughs> in protest <laughs> of the rock music being bad. Do it. I'll join you, dude. Kaepernick it, son. Kaepernick it. I like it. All right. Speaking of the football there, uh, premiered last night, HBO, 10 p.m., Hard Knocks. Uh, took a nap yesterday afternoon, wanted to stay up, wanted to watch. Pretty much all excited about it. Of course. Uh, yeah, disaster. It pretty much is what unfolded for an hour straight. Disaster. Um, few things here. They addressed Josh Gordon early. However, no resolution. None. As a matter of fact, they show you the meeting where Hugh Jackson sits down with this offensive coordinator, and I believe the offensive line coach, and some of the other offensive position coaches, and tells them, all right, guys, it's time for me to tell you something. Josh Gordon not going to be in camp. Now, we know how this stuff is filmed, so we know about when that meeting took place with Hugh Jackson and those coaches, which was pretty much right before training camp started, which was when you were told Josh Gordon wouldn't be in camp. And so I made this point this morning. The Browns told us that this was a planned exit for Josh Gordon. Yet, there's no planned return. You don't plan an exit with no planned return. Guys, I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. Okay? So you don't plan an exit with no planned return. Grow up. Like, grow up. You gotta, at some point, you just gotta realize you're being lied to. So either, so A, it was not a planned exit. Or B, they still weren't going to tell the position coaches they weren't going to have their best weapon until three days before camp started. Neither one of those scenarios is good for you, the fan. Because it ultimately then leads to what is happening in that organization. Chaos is what's happening. Chaos. So you mean to tell me, Todd Haley getting ready for training camp. Here's what I want all my offensive guys doing. All of my packages are going to be based around the best wide receiver probably in the division. Ah, Antonio Brown. But the best wide receiver you have on your staff, for sure, all those packages were going to be around Josh Gordon. So you let Todd Haley complete like his plan, his packages plan without telling him his best weapon wasn't going to be here until two days beforehand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's exactly how that went down. So you are on record now saying Josh Gordon not playing week one. I am hesitant to believe Josh Gordon will play week one. I will not say definitively because I don't know what's happening with him. All I know is that I was called crazy for thinking there was going to be a problem with Josh Gordon, for telling you there would be a problem with Josh Gordon. Then two days later, they come out and say, oh yeah, Josh is going to step away from camp, but we knew. Guys, if they knew he was going to step away from camp, they would have told you early to soften the blow. They wouldn't have waited until right before camp started and have you all freaking out. Do you think it comes out that he failed a drug test? 
I don't know the answer to that. Am I leaning that way? Yes, because again, what I had heard is that there was a not an official test done, but they were kind of like on them about some stuff and they were worried about a pop of a performance enhancing drug, not THC, that they were worried about that. And when you look at how freakishly he is in shape, I don't know. I mean, maybe the guys played in. They said it last night. It was 48 games. He dude, he's missed 43 of the last 48 games. So am I crazy for thinking he's not going to be here week one? No. The dude deserves the benefit of the doubt in no situation. What's so funny to me now is when I told you Josh Gordon was going to have to step away from this situation, I was called crazy. Now when I'm telling you this, now now the tweets are, if you think they were relying on Josh Gordon this season, you're nuts. Okay. Okay. I'm the one that's nuts. My argument stayed consistent the last month. You guys are the one that keep moving the goalposts. Excuse the pun. Now, Jarvis Landry looks like he's going to be the real deal. Like, some of the catches I saw there, now look, nobody's playing defense. It's You know what I mean? It's like, you know, OT, that kind of stuff, whatever. But he can one-hand catch. The kid's a freak. He's got the ability. I like it. I'm all for it. He gave a little motivational speech about, hey, like, you know what I mean? Like, dude, unless you're hurt, you got to get out there and play. Like, what the hell's the matter with you guys? And I like it. I do like a new guy coming in, questioning other people, because at least Jarvis Landry can say this. I caught the most passes in the all of NFL last year. I, I've earned my right to say something. I mean, probably the most established dude on the roster. You know what I'm saying? Pro- I mean, on an individual level, who else you got on that squad? Without knowing every name. but uh, Feels right. Top five. Feels right. Let's say that just to cover uh, our asses. With that being said, I mean, there was a little bit of like his speech yesterday, and I thought there was a good, you know, it was a good speech. It was like, all right, I, I'm buying into it. The thing I really liked was when he was yelling about how weakness is contagious and if that's that true. if that if that inter- enters this room if that enters this wide receiver core it's going to spread and the thing about that is is it's easy to say that now that we're going to cut that off on the on, on, from the jump we're not going to let that enter this but room but go 0 and 3 right dude start losing some football games and start thinking to yourself same old brown same old brown same old brown well that's how you lose 16 games in a row so so much right. so much is going to weigh on this week 1 Pittsburgh at home. This is going to make or break things because if you lose, automatically you go to same old Browns. What the hell am I doing in Cleveland? These guys all suck. Nobody wants to be here. If you beat Pittsburgh and the town's on fire and dude, Northeast Ohio's going crazy, that could change the entire thing there. But weakness is contagious, especially in that team mentality. One guy doesn't buy in and all of a sudden, dude, everyone starts questioning their decisions. I, that, that, was, well, that was one thing I definitely gave him credit for. M- more than that, and that's all right, is that I like Jarvis Landry having what? What do I always talk about? Give me self-awareness. That's what I ask. Give me self-awareness. And Jarvis Landry knows this. Well, we're going to trade Corey Coleman. Already did it. But he knew before that. Like, you can kind of pick up. Those guys have been around the NFL. They kind of know. They know what the vibe of the building is. Right? So we kind of knew that. Josh Gordon's gone out of nowhere. Which, by the way, guys, why do you think Jarvis Landry is, is, is recruiting Odell Beckham Jr. so hard? It's because he doesn't think he's going to have a wideout to play with. No, 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 Thansbury. I mean, you know, Jarvis played with Odell at LSU. Right. That All that tells me is that he knows Odell's the guy. But it's still telling me he knows he needs a guy. And, 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 and with Jarvis Landry, like, uh, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. on the team, of course, yeah, but Stansbury would like to bang Jaden James, and those things just aren't happening. Like, okay, like, yeah, of course we'd want him on the team. Want Tom Brady on the team. <laughs> okay. It's Jarvis Landry telling you, I know I'm going to need a wideout. I'm a slot guy. I need a wideout. Because ours isn't going to be here. 
That's why, why do you think the Browns were looking at Des Bryant as hard as they were? Because Josh Gordon has a planned return? A planned, a planned step away with no planned return is the most Cleveland Browns thing I have ever heard in my life. Besides a guy getting arrested at 3 o'clock in the morning with weed underneath the car on a suspended license, a guy we moved up in the draft to get, Antonio Callaway. What did you think about quarterbacks yesterday? What, what, <laughs> what, what, what impression did you get on, on that squad? First, I had no idea we had a fourth. Um, what I was had his name Brogan Roback or something? Something and I dude I liked him. Brogan Roback. I might buy a jersey. Had no idea we had a fourth. <laughs> dude needs a haircut. He's, he's a little bit. Let's he's, from he's from the Mac. He's from the Mac. Is that so right? Yeah, so okay. He's, that, he's one of those guys. Yeah, that makes it another way. But dude, let's get him a sports clip. You know, endorsement. <laughs> let's get him in there. Needed that. Um, and I expected Hard Knocks to like fawn over Baker Mayfield and do that because that's what their job is. is right. You know what I mean? In any in any franchise, I don't care who you are, you draft a quarterback number one. That's where the hype is. It's not like the Browns are going to be the one team that has hype around their first their, their first pick quarterback. Um, I liked the quarterback mentality of like, yo, we got this RV. This is us. The four of us are Stay in away. here. I thought I, I I do. I appreciate that. I think that's Bonding. smart. Um, I like it. I like how Taylor wasn't necessarily a huge part of anything last night. He was just kind of there doing his job. There was no real great interview with him. I mean, there was no Christian Kirksey moment of like, hey, do the why. It was just like, yo, I'm here at 5 a.m. and I'm working. And that was like, that was the thing yesterday where I was like, all right, I like that. I, I like seeing him there that early. I Yeah, you can tell a little bit about Tyrod Taylor that... He understands, again, self-awareness, knows who he is, knows he's not a solidified number one quarterback guy, and understands that he's going to have to work his ass off to keep Baker Mayfield at bay, and so you're seeing it. And much like negativity is infectious, so can positivity be. And so like, if he continues to go in there and do that, now what's important is now the offensive line feels like, well, this is why I work so hard. Right. Because this guy cares. Right. So, like, was, like I got to make sure I'm, I'm doing busting my ass to keep this dude upright. Where, and I don't know, I wasn't inside the quarterback room, but there were rumors that Deshaun Kaiser wasn't all in. That we couldn't get him to buy all the way in. That he wasn't, like, he wasn't, like, all in on, 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 on like, the work ethic part. Now, I don't know that. And, well, the thing is, though, is I think that's probably a very hard thing to do as a rookie in the NFL is just go in there and set the bar of work. Well, one because, of the youngest rookies at that position in a while, too. Because you, you just have to think, dude, that, like... Up until that point in your career, you'd been the best player on every team you'd ever been on, dude. If you make it by to the mile. NFL, odds are more by than likely you were by far and away the best player on your college team, your high school team. It's not even close. So natural talent and the hard work you put in, I'm not saying it was easy. It, well, it was easier at that point. Once you get to that level where everyone's elite, where everybody has that upper echelon of athleticism, where it's like, dude, I do have to put this work in. I can't fault Baker Mayfield for not day one. You, you got to learn that. You I, have to, Somebody's got to teach you that. I've actually heard many. NFL athletes say I didn't really have to start practicing until I hit the NFL because my natural ability I, I was light years ahead of everybody else I've ever played with until I got to the NFL especially guys who go to small colleges like you're probably still better than everybody else on that roster just by being good enough to hit the NFL. Even 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 the Alabamas and the Ohio States of the world. How many guys are you put into the NFL every year? Ten at the most, right? I mean, well, off of a squad, did, right? Didn't Ohio State break the record last year with seven or something in one year? Or right, and that's dude. That's a ton of people going into the NFL. So even on those teams where you got fifty plus guys, you're amongst the top ten by far and away as 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 an NFL player. My biggest takeaway yesterday was the rift that's building between Hugh Jackson. And Todd Haley. Now, Todd Haley has been known 
to kind of cause some issues and not like hold his tongue, right? But like he was allowing like veterans not to practice, not to do stuff. And Todd Haley was like, what the hell are we doing? Like, dude, this team's a disaster. What are we doing? Get these guys out there. And like Hugh starts talking and Todd Haley interrupts him. Now I know you're listening and thinking that's not that big of a deal. It's a huge deal. When the head coach starts to speak, everybody else shuts up. And if Hugh doesn't have control of his room like that this early, as a Hugh supporter, as a Hugh apologist last year, I'm worried. Do you feel... I'm worried. I believe Todd Haley was told, come here, be the offensive coordinator, and if we have to move off of Hugh Jackson, you are the guy. Do you feel more or less confident in Hugh, more or less confident in, in the entire organization, more or less confident in the powers above Hugh? Because honestly, there was a little bit of me that's like, Dorsey, like, I don't know, bro. Like, do you really have as much control of this as you say you do or that it seems like we want you to? There I was think, a little bit of that. I think that's reality show producers putting putting doubt of, of the organization into your head. And you got to remember, they're looking for people to watch this everywhere, not just here. Right. And so there's going to be a little bit of that. I'm going to remain optimistic and positive on John Dorsey until he gives me a reason not to be. And I don't think so far that he's given me a ton of reason not to. People are going to say, well, moving up in the draft to get Callaway. And now look, dude, these guys, you can't, you can't hold a GM responsible for a kid being an idiot. Kids are idiots. But he's have a track record of being an idiot. Yeah, but I mean, dude, what are you going to do? Stay away from guys that got bad track records for the NFL? I mean, right? Like, I mean, do you can't put 53 choir boys out there. You need a couple of thugs, right? Like, doesn't everybody kind of say that? Like, you kind of need a little bit of that. Otherwise, dude, otherwise, you don't have the edge. They're not on the field. You know what I'm saying? You've yeah. already got you've already got a That's wide true. receiver that true. can't get it can't, can't get on the field because he can't put away drugs. I don't know. There's well, a little an bit even of me. number. Give me two, buddy. I, you know, <laughs> that's all Josh Gordon is doing is using the buddy system. I can't be out there on my own. I need the buddy system. But a planned exit with no planned return. <laughs> Legitimately the dumbest and most hilarious thing I've ever heard in all of my life. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys. Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the Rollholt Vision Institute. It still happens to me all the time, dude. I wake up in the morning. I reach for my glasses. And all of a sudden, I remember, dude, you do not need those. I got 20-20 vision thanks to the LASIK surgery I had done at Rollholt. And I'm telling you, your summertime is going to be so much easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. So if you've been thinking about LASIK surgery, I know you have some questions, which is why the Rollholt Vision Institute has made everything perfectly clear for you at their website. That is RollholtVision.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 9 o'clock, we'll send you back out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Justin Timberlake, all part of that. Fleetwood Mac, too. Sam Mendes. Sean Mendes. Sean. Sam. <laughs> Sean. Sam Smith. Who? 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 I don't know their names. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this guy will not let, let up on me on the on the Hall of Fame concert, dude. I don't have anything to do with it. No, we you don't pick I mean? it. Um, but I'll tell you, a band that we just got done playing would fit the bill perfectly. Somebody called the Foo Fighters, right? You got Dave Grohl with an Ohio connection. Uh, get him out there. 
it I don't know who who's on the potential list next year. I, I feel like tying something into one of the artists usually feels like a good idea, or one of the players usually feels like a good idea to me. Um, oh, so you're talking about you don't know who's on the list to be inducted next yeah, year? So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, okay, yeah, so yeah. It's yeah. A little, so, you know, a little early there, but still, there's plenty of, of, of relevant rock bands that, you know, you should have on the list, but, like, there's a little bit of, we got to spread this wealth out. We yeah. want to have multiple different things for multiple different people. There. I understand why people who listen to a rock station are like, you know what, just, just keep it rock and roll. But you can't. You got to cast a wide net. Because you need multiple demographics to care about it. And if every year they know it's just some sleazy Guns N' Roses band, then, dude, half the half the city's going to be like, yeah, you know what, I, I don't want to go. So you throw Jackson a bone and get a Maroon 5. Don't worry, Canton South. We'll get back to you guys in a couple of years. We'll get you a Black Sabbath cover band. Dude, like when people are like, get the winner of the Battle of the Bands versus Lee Bryce. It's guys, idea. Lee Bryce is a pretty big star in the country world. But I think the Foo Fighters would be a great choice. I think they'd be a great, as a matter of fact, I was uh, I was thinking about going to see them in September out in uh, Seattle, and so I've been listening to a lot of them recently. I've been listening to the Foo Fighters a lot in my house recently, and dude, I forgot how good some of their album tracks are. Like "Wind Up," "Off the Color and Shape." Oh my god, is that song really good? And that's we were talking about going to concerts the other day, and that's the one thing that kind of bums me out. I love going to see live music, but the problem is, is I'm such a fan of bands that I never get the show I want. Because I don't really want the hit parade. Now, I know why they do it. It's because you won't go unless they give you the hit parade. Which somebody explained that to me. Goddamn radio stations just play the same. All you ever do is play Everlong. And yet, if the Foo Fighters played tonight and didn't play Everlong, you'd be up in arms. So why is the band then required to play you the songs you tell me you're sick of hearing? What kind of sense does that make? If you legitimately wanted the album cuts the way you say you do... What would the band do on tour? They play the album cuts. But if they do it, they're going to be playing to an empty stadium. So you know what? Until you're ready to yell at Dave Grohl for playing you the same songs over and over again, quit yelling at me about it. We'll send you out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. We'll put you in with Sean and uh, and, <laughs> and Sam Mendez. Both the Mendez brothers will be right there with you. I have no idea which one's right. Is it Sean Mendez? It's Sean, yeah. Is it Sean Mendez? He and I are best friends, in case you didn't know. <laughs> We're best friends. Besties, we'll get you hooked up with that trip out to Vegas next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show, 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. I'm, uh, I'm reading, actually, this is from our website. That Baker Mayfield, Tyrod Taylor, will not watch Hard Knocks. Not at all. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Dude, I've been on the radio a long, long time. If I'm, We do a best-of show on Saturday morning. Right. If I get in my car Saturday morning and I'm driving around, I'm running errands, I'm at least checking it to make sure, you know what, did we sound like morons one that day? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Is this the best of what I can do? Like, you mean to tell me, now look, I get that they're bigger celebrities, right? But, I mean, Baker Mayfield's got his own reality show. He doesn't want to see himself on TV. A guy who's got his own reality show already doesn't want to watch himself on television. I think eventually they're going to, but I think more to them. Fingers crossed. It's like, nah, dude, we don't want to watch Hard Knocks. knocks. Let's watch practice footage. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I hope that's where that comes from. Isn't that one of those things that, 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 that sounds good to say to me as they're talking to Mary Kay Cabot, but behind closed doors when they're in Avon Lake at their houses, they're watching Hard Knocks? Now, maybe what it is, I could maybe see this. Why do I got to watch Hard Knocks? All my buddies, my family are all watching it. They're all going to tell me everything anyway. Why do I need to watch it? If that's the argument, maybe I could see that one. 
I can maybe see that one. I think it's hard. It's like when, all right, I'll give you a perfect example. It's like Fantone and I, like you're in a relationship with your girlfriend. Uh-huh. She can't help but check out the radio show because the man she loves is on the radio right now. So when she gets up and goes to work, all right, well, what's he saying? Now, is she going to listen to all four hours? Probably not because who could? But is she gonna? Ch- <laughs> but is she gonna check it out? Yeah. It's like every time I meet a girl, they always tell me, "Well, I don't want to listen because I like you, and I don't, you know what I mean? Like I've heard about who you are on there, and then, and then, but before you know it, two weeks into the relationship, they can't help themselves, and then I'm getting yelled at for some of my views when I get home, which is why I'm single because I don't put up with that, <laughs> dude. It's called the Sansbury Show. It's not the Sansbury and this new chick he just met. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no, 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 no. So like I just. I don't think you could not do it. Could you not watch every episode? Of course, that could be true. But to not check yourself out, I don't know, dude. I think that's hard to do. It, it only runs till September 4th, correct? So that's another month's worth of this. All I right. do think it's plausible that there is a, dude, let's just not watch this till it's done. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to watch it every week. We're not live tweeting with it. Like, yeah, dude, when it's time and, and the preseason's over, yeah, but I don't know if that's realistic. I hope it is, but I don't know if it is. I. Maybe we'll let it wrap up and then we'll go back and watch. Maybe. I think it's hard. I don't know. That'd be hard. It would be hard for me to do. Is all I'm saying. Like, I've been in the. I hate saying this about myself because I'm not on the Baker Mayfield level, obviously. But I've been in the public eye for a while. But if the TV station came down here to interview me about the success of this show and it ran tonight at 10 o'clock, I'm watching that. I'm not going to not watch it. But again, maybe it's these dudes got cameras pointed at them every day right. over everything else. So maybe right. it's just like, dude, how could you keep up with it all? So maybe that's the argument. I could see that. They say here Americans are drinking less beer. According really? to a new report. Um, and guess who they're blaming? Millennials. Okay, here it is. And I don't know if you can blame that. But they say the evidence is starting to stack up that the country's drinking less beer. Americans used to opt for beer 61% of the time in the 1990s. That figure has dropped to just 49% as of uh, this last year. All right. That study was published by the Beer Institute Trade Group and reported by the Wall Street Journal. Now, the depressing trend they say here is millennials. Those in the 21 to 27 year old demographic drink beer 43% of the time. That's down from 65% of the time just 20 years ago. Now, my guess is that part of that is, is that we've made whiskey sissified. Like your whiskey is honey lemon. You know what I mean? Crown apple, cinnamon whiskey. We've made whiskey now for sissies. Where whiskey used to be a man's drink. It was awful. And that you chugged it, put hair on your chest, and you love it. But we've made millennial whiskey now. And so then I'm thinking, well, then what are you drinking domestic beer for, right? That's what they're doing is they're because as being a bartender, you know what millennials drink? You know what they drink? Tito's and soda. That's what they drink. Can I get a Tito's and soda with two limes? Because that's what every one of my friends drinks. I mean, that's what they drink. Sounds good. I mean, it I is good. Tito's, no, it is good. Like Tito's. <laughs> Tito's and soda with lime is good. It's very good. It's very good. good. But I think that that's more likely. I just think that the younger people that are drinking are more cocktail-based, and we've seen a resurgence in, like, Manhattans and old fashions. We've seen a resurgence in that. Um, Both, to me, those sound like masculine drinks. You know what I mean? Manhattans and old fashions. Like those well, to an old me, fashion is. Those are, those are grandpa drinks that's to me, for sure. That's mad men drink at the yeah. office all day, beat your wife. That's exactly what that drink is. Welcome to the 50s. I, 
first of all, it's a little bit like, number one, I'm glad I'm not a millennial to these people. Apparently 21 to 27. Phew, your boy's finally out on that one. I feel good about that. Um, number two. That would actually be a zenial, would it not? Right? Dude, but once again, millennials just means people younger than me. Hipster. I'm I'm angry that I'm getting older and the whole world's passing exactly me right. by. Millennials. Ah! Yeah, exactly right. Um, I'm surprised about this, though, because you're right. There's definitely... But the movement, the movement of like flavored vodka, that was early 2000s. That was 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, before even. I mean, dude, Stoli's had vanilla how long? Right. And I mean like 99 bananas and apples and stuff like that. I was drinking that in high school, bro. 99 bananas. Right? I mean oh. like, but I was, drink, I was drinking that in high school, no problem. So I don't know if it's necessarily the new whiskey you're right. I mean, Fireball on itself has, has, has changed the whiskey Fireball game. Fireball changed the game. But, it did. But what about all these craft beers? All I hear about is, oh, this brewery. It's an independent brewery. Millennials can't stop drinking it. Okay. (sighs) What's your argument? That as many flavored whiskeys there are, there's more flavored beer. So if you want flavor, there's plenty of beer for it. And girls are drinking like young women are drinking like, oh, I'll drink the strawberry stout ale, whatever from the brewing company. Or or this. Right. There's eight bajillion of these goddamn beers. And all I hear about is just how popular they are. And if somebody sees me drinking a domestic light at a bar, like, oh, dude, you need a real beer. It's like, what did you get drunk on in 1997, bro? Tell me what you got drunk on. Coors Light. Right, exactly. <laughs> like I'm drinking right now. Bud Light, Miller Light. Right. Yeah, those, the, those are the beers we had. Like that's all we had. Like Stella Artois, I think was like as far as like craft went, and then Sierra Nevada came out, and then the floods opened. Now I'm a craft beer guy. I do like craft beer, right. but I'm not a craft beer snob. Meaning I'm as likely my favorite beer of all time, Rolling Rock in a bottle. That's my favorite, dude. That's not high class beer, right? No, <laughs> that's not. That's, that's straight that's, out of Latrobe. No, that, you're okay. That, that, that's my favorite beer of all time is Rolling Rock in a bottle. But I love craft beer. But I'm not a beer snob. Like I said, I'll drink domestic beer all day long. But I think what we saw with craft beer is what I think we're seeing is the popping of a bubble. Okay. Everybody became. Everybody wants to be a brewery. Everybody wants to be a brewmaster. And I think what happened was is you saw the explosion. In places like Colorado, California, Oregon, really just exploded with the craft beer thing. In Ohio, we had the Great Lakes always and that kind of thing. And then, you know, more and more and more and more and more of them. Actually, we got some really good breweries right here in Canton. They keep popping up. They, they just opened up a new one downtown. But I believe, now I could be wrong on this, but I believe craft beer in 2018 is what poker on TV was a few years ago. Okay. Meaning, this was a huge deal but why is it still on TV? Okay. Now, this used to be on seven times a night. Now it's on at three o'clock in the morning once only. It's because I think, honestly, the the fandom of it, like the, the, the wide net of it is now gone and we're left with like the original crew. The um the time to open a brewery was four years ago as opposed to, as opposed to today. I would think, yeah. but I don't know that. I would agree, though. But I would. that's the way it feels to me. But if you are just a standard bar and not a brewery, I would tell you you still need to have a decent selection of craft beers at this point because you want you want to be all things to all people. But I think that that's I think honestly Americans are drinking less and less beer just because they went to beer so heavily during the craft beer explosion and then they just kind of got burned out on it. And then alcohol said, well, wait a minute, we can do that. We can give you that. You want apple stuff? We'll do it. Here's here's crown apple. We'll give you that. And so I think that there's a little bit of a leveling out situation like that. And in the end, this will cycle back again one more time in a few years. But yeah, would would I open a brewery tomorrow? Mm. 
I might not do that. I would maybe not do that. Your shot at a trip to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival is right now. Rock 106.9 has your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Festival. Now, text the keyword jackpot to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info, standard data, and message supply. That's jackpot to 200-200. Good luck from Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. Uh, I'm being yelled at via the social media for being negative on Hard Knocks because, uh, well, no, because Hugh Jackson lost his brother and his mother all during the same time, and they feel like I'm like beating up on the team too much as uh, the episode was just dealing with him and um, and a lot of like losing his mom and that 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 I need to be nicer. I, I haven't said anything about that. I haven't. I didn't knock him for crying at the table because welcome to losing a parent, dude. I did I cry when my dad died. You're a lot. I mean, yeah. What are you a sissy? You yeah, cry I mean, when your when your parents die. I, I'm not knocking him for any of that. I don't know why. I don't know why people are up and down on me about that. Um. First of all, I would like to know with Hugh Jackson losing two loved ones back to back right there in New York, would he get six months off? Three months? Six months? How does that work? Good one, right? Six months. Right? Yeah, that's, six that's, months. that's a good question from earlier in well, the show. He took an entire year off last year. Well, took an entire season go. off. Um, but you can still look at the Browns and say, "Hey, things aren't going as well as as as, as people are making it out to be." Without saying, "Like, ha ha, Hugh Jackson, your mom died." Nobody, nobody said that. You know, um, I also saw this with the Browns yesterday uh, before the, the episode aired. Peter King, a widely respected NFL like uh, you know journalist, was the cut was doing like. The shows he was on, you know, he was doing all the shows yesterday, and uh, they asked him about the Browns and Baker Mayfield, and not starting him. And one of my, I like Colin Coward, right? But he said something yesterday about Baker Mayfield that I thought was crazy. Like he said, Hugh Jackson just bashed Baker Mayfield and didn't realize he was doing it. And they asked Hugh Jackson about playing Baker, and I guess Hugh's answer was, and I'll paraphrase here. Uh, I guess Hugh's answer was something along the lines of, look, the last couple of years I was here, we took two guys who had never played in the NFL, we put them in there, and it didn't do any good for anybody. He was like, so I don't see a reason to do that. So what Colin's point was is, Hugh Jackson just referred to your number one pick at quarterback as Cody Kessler and Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah. And again, I think what that is, is a TV host looking to make a mountain out of a mohill because... Well, that's what they do, right? And I normally defend Colin, but I think he's going a little overboard there with the Baker Mayfield thing. I think he just wants to be right about Baker Mayfield versus like whether or not he's going to be fair to Baker Mayfield. Now, and but what Peter King said is, ah, Colin, I think you're nuts. I think you're talking about an organization that's been bad from the beginning for a long time. And if you look at the quarterbacks around the league that have had massive success, Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady's on this list. They didn't play right away. They didn't play right away. That it used to be, dude, we're going to pay this kid millions of dollars. Make sure he's ready. 100%. Even before the millions of dollars part of the equation, I can remember reading an interview with Bernie Kosar, him talking about his rookie year and how he just was not ready for the speed. He wasn't ready for it to happen the way that it did. The oh, way imagine that you, how fast the, it is now. Right. The way the game transitioned from college into professional, he had a really hard time just keeping up with that. Well, and the Now qu- look at it. Well, not only that, the quarterback does way more now than they did back then. You run that whole offense. Like, you can audible out of everything at 
the line. Like everything is on you. Like you need do your quarterback does way more now than he ever did back in the day. I said it earlier in the show, and I'm gonna stand firm by it, is that, you know, the hard work that you know, comes with being a number one any NFL player, but more so being an elite NFL player, and particularly at quarterback, it's not something you're just going to be able to do. I mean, I'm sure there's some examples, but for most guys, you probably have to have a mentor that's like, dude, yeah, you have to be here at 5 a.m. Yeah, yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to be you, nose in the book the all the time. And I feel like Baker's done a good job thus far. I mean, yesterday he talked about being there two hours before he had to be, and Tyrod Taylor there four hours before he had to be, but like Hopefully that's the like, yo, bro. This is this is the difference. That well, two, that extra two. That's the difference. Well, what did I what did I say? I liked the fact that Hugh got on him about it and said, "Do you coming in when your boy number five does?" Like he's here pretty early. And then Baker says to him, "Well, you know, he's got his own little workout." And Hugh goes, "Well, where's your own little workout?" Like that's a guy that started in the NFL already, took a team to the playoffs. Like you're a rook. Where's your own little workout? I like that out of Hugh. Now there were some things in last night's episode. I was like, uh, "That's not. That might not be great." But again, that's a that's a reality show producer's job is right. to kind of give me that. They want you to see that. They're only going to show you the dysfunction. Now, I will say, and I said it earlier this morning, no team has come off of hard knocks and had a great season. And I doubt very highly that the team that went zero and sixteen has a new GM. Number one star, not in camp. And another wide receiver gets busted for weed at 3 o'clock in the morning on a suspended license, Antonio Callaway. Now, he has said, look, the car got shipped to me. My friends were using it. I didn't know. But you were still out at 3 a.m. on a suspended license. I'm not going to murder the kid for being out at 3 a.m. All right? Nothing good happens at 3 a.m. Nothing good happens after midnight. Never been to a stripper after party, bro. Plenty of good things happen after midnight. Might not be things you want your athletes involved in, but plenty of fun things happen after midnight. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Now, now maybe nothing good for your career. I was going to say, I don't know if it's fun. I, I think fun and good have to be two different things there. <laughs> okay. Well, I, you know, sometimes I think with my waist a little bit too much, right? Maybe I, maybe I think below the waist a little too much. But that's why he was out. But what are you driving on a suspended license for, dude? You're, dude, you're an NFL player. I'll be, oh, no, he's only a rookie. So what, dude? If I can afford Uber, then so can Antonio Callaway. Uh, dude, I, I think there's a little bit of, I don't want to say the Browns falling down on the job here, but like... And he didn't tell the Browns he got in trouble either. If you if you are an organization that Red is going flag. to pay somebody millions of dollars that has been well established to have issues, and I would think really any pro athlete you pull into your, into your organization, into your team here... That you don't well even okay so like all right we looked into your you know your past record and blah 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 nowhere was somebody like yo dude your your license is suspended here and I know dude be an adult and take care of your own stuff but like Browns like y- y- hold these dudes hands you don't want them effing up like you should be like, yo, hey, you've got a suspended license. It's going to cost us 750 bucks to, to pay it. Get on it. Then we don't have to worry about this. You've got this active warrant from, you know, something wow. four years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're so, not doing that homework? My guess would be, I wanted it at first when you said it to think you're nuts. But the problem is, is that if John Dorsey knows about the trouble he's been in, then he has seen the punishment list then too, right? Fingers crossed. And so you didn't take a highlighter and go... Make sure this gets done right. before he's driving around in Berea. That it, it just to me like it's a good point. The, the organization is filled with handlers. Football teams, basketball teams, baseball teams. I mean, you're handling these guys. Like that's what that's what people's jobs it's are. Become a huge position now. And like 
get this dude's license situation taken care of. You know, at first when he said it, I thought you were nuts. But yeah, they had to have known. Plausible that it, his buddies were smoking weed in the car and he yes. didn't know about it. And Yes. Okay. Is, it, is it plausible that he let his friends, the crew, Jamal, drive the car? I'm guessing. I don't know. Could right. be James. Could be James. Drive the car while he was while he was on his way up here. And hey, dude, make sure you know you guys are going to send me the rest of my stuff. Ship the car. Yeah, I know people were laughing at that yesterday, but it's because you're not a millionaire and you don't know how life works for guys like that in that level. I don't feel it's likely. I feel it's more likely it was his weed. I'll me just too. be honest with that. Is it plausible? Yes. Probable? Probably not. I, I, I get that that certainly could happen, and I've heard that it's a minuscule amount of marijuana. It's a minor misdemeanor charge, so it's less than a quarter pound. I saw a lot of this, though. I saw a lot of Browns apologists yesterday. The NFL has to realize weed's legal. Not in Ohio, it ain't. And it's also on the banned substance list for the right. NFL. So, so, like, no, dude. Strike two, no. And I, I heard this. I do not know this to be true. This was speculation um, okay. from the from the Browns. Well, you know, don't so- do that. Well, whatever you do, don't don't say a source told you. They said it was don't do that loose marijuana. It wasn't like a bag of weed. Yeah, but that could it be was like, like bud. Like yeah, but dude, like a decent sized bud can be how big? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying. Oh, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't you know more than an eighth or a quarter or whatever. But if one of your buddies is driving around smoking weed, it's all almost more, inevitable that yeah, yeah. But all the more that what that you drop weed. Okay. Yeah. Let Let's say it's a nug. Okay. All the more, I think you could smell it in the car. Yeah, um, dude, you can take weed out of a bag, especially weed that an NFL player is gonna get, bro. You can, sm- dude, you know, you can smell good weed through a bag. Show, show us the record of the car getting chipped, and show us a clean drug test, and all of a sudden, I feel better about this. Me but too. I, you don't deserve the benefit of the doubt at this Me point. Too. You don't. Also, man up and tell the team it yeah. happened. Like that's gonna be a dude. Dorsey's gonna freak out about that part, right? Because he seems to be hard nosed like that. You, you drafted him, though. I mean, you really that hard nose about it? Again, dude, I think you move up and take a take a questionable kid at wide receiver because they had predicted what was coming down the road with your number one wide receiver not being in camp. Because you already got a questionable kid at wide receiver. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I I think I, I think that's why I think that they had I think they had seen problems coming down the road, but the planned exit away from camp with no planned return. So let me get this straight. We we desert stormed it. Like here's the plan we're going in. We have no idea how we're getting out. We that that's what happened? I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe that's what happened. Jesus, the mental gymnastics sports fans will go over to not admit that things are on fire is hilarious to me. I can't wait to watch episode 2. Can't wait to see what happens going to be very interesting. We'll close out the program. That'll happen next on Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Whatever you do, Fantone, do not send an email about what no. just happened on the radio. I will not. Don't do that. I will not. He'll just tell you how it's none of your business. Alright. I pissed the boss off today. I don't know how I did it. I know you did. I But I, I don't even know how I did it. Like, I saw him in the hallway. We were, we were totally nice. Then I sent him an email about something, and he was like, you're an idiot. Stop complaining. Like, like once again, I think a big part of our jobs here 
is to be whipping boys, and we can take beatings unlike other people in the building. That's a fair point. So there's probably something he's pissed off about. You sent him something at the exact wrong moment, regardless what it was going to be. You're an idiot, Stansberry. All right, just let the audience know, though, that I wasn't being an idiot. That I I was alerting management that there may be an issue. And you weren't even being a dick about it. No, I just said, hey, look, I just heard this, and you know, I just want to make sure everybody's aware so I don't get accused of like hearing it, leaving the building, and not telling anybody. Dude, let me tell you, I'm all right being the whipping boy. I am. I'm perfectly okay because you're right. That is one of the reasons why we're here. For sure it is. Right? Which, how awesome it is it to be him. Hey, uh, imagine going to corporate and going, dude, hire me two pin cushions so I can yell yell all day. Right. Exactly. Imagine, dude, imagine that luxury. That'd be nice. I don't know. It just, I don't know. It seemed weird is all. And I would like to be compensated a little bit differently if it was going to be, if I'm going to be yelled at. You know what I mean? Like, I'm all right with it, but I want electricity and yelled at. Okay. <laughs> I want both those things at the same time. I feel like that's not too much to ask there. I uh, I already have people that are telling me, like, dude, I cannot wait till Hard Knocks is over. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, like, dude, I can't even handle you anymore. Like, dude, I, we have a listener, Matt's like, dude, I can't even handle you anymore, dude. He's like, I can't wait till this is over. I, dude, I know it's been a lot of screaming and, like, and pointing holes or poking holes and things, but I will say, I thought last night was number one, entertaining, and number two, it definitely renewed my interest in the Browns. Uh, do I think that it was a... Well, what, well, what kind of interest did it renew? Did it renew your interest on the level of, like, oh my god, look how good we're going to be no. or did it renew the interest of, that you always have of you like laughing at how bad they a are a little bit i uh, i did not delete it off my dvr last night because i was like well i want my girlfriend to watch this that way she gets kind of invested in the team there's going to be a little bit more of Smart. like you Smart. know a little bit more of like hey let's watch the browns but i said it this morning and I, i'm going to say it again that like the browns dude if this doesn't work out for them if the browns don't win over four games we're talking five plus games this is going to be a tough pill to swallow. It really is. There's so much optimism. There's so much hope right now. There's so many delusional fans who have convinced themselves about what. But if, if this turns into a about what if this turns into a three or less win season, dude, that's going to be a punch in the bread basket. Like it is. I think four wins is a lot to ask for. I think it's a lot to ask. As a matter of fact, look this up real quick for me. Right. What was Detroit's record the year after they went zero and sixteen? Let's find out that because that's probably a pretty decent baseline, right? To find out like where, where like how, like how much improvement is can be expected. It was the 2008 uh, Detroit Lions season when okay. they uh, when they went un- unwinnable, the first team to do that, and the next year they went two and fourteen. I was in Michigan at that time. Yeah, you were there, yeah. right? Yeah. So they went two and fourteen the next year. Or the following year, two and fourteen. So if you go, so if you go, what I think you're going to do, which is win four, that's already a massive improvement over the last team that did it, right? So telling me they're going to go seven, like, dude, these people that think they're going 10 and six, you're the same people that thought they were going six and 10 last year, though, and I told you that that was laughable. Yeah, it was 0 and 16, 2 and 14, 6 and 10, and 10 and six. Should be pointed out. I was the guy who was telling you this whole offseason, this isn't the year. Next year's the year. That's the year where you better be really good or you're never going to be good ever again. That next year's the year. Going to take a little while longer yet. I think it's 4-12 and 12 this year, and I think if you get that, if you're a Browns fan, if you're not happy with that, then I don't think you remember how miserable it really looked last year. I also think in a lot of these games they're going to lose, they're going to be really, really close. I think they're going to lose games that, that, that honestly, that you were really, really close in. And, that, and again, that will, that will show you that the build is starting to happen. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens.
I'm telling you, keep your eyes on that Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley problem. I think that's been wildly like brushed underneath the rug this morning on Twitter and everywhere else. That interaction was massively awkward. And I'm telling you, it's a sign of things that may be coming down the road. That is going to be a very, very interesting thing. I believe Look at the, the look on Todd Haley's face and the fact that he was so dismissive of the head coach is indicative of he was told, if Hugh doesn't get this thing turned around, you're the coach in waiting. And I think it's already starting to seep out of Todd Haley. Ugh, dude, this whole thing's going to be a mess. All right, you know what? I'm done. I'm depressed. I can't do it anymore. Aside from that, catch the podcast shortly after 10 a.m., at WRQK.com. Teresa, however, an hour from now, will send you out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great afternoon. See ya. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9.